Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. Good morning, River Valley. Everybody doing good today? Yeah, man, I'm so thankful you guys are here. I got to go to a pastor's retreat this week, spend some time in Wyoming. High temperature of 71. Man, man, you, you walk back into the Austin airport after that, and it, it hits you hard. And so, uh, so I, but I am so thankful to be here. We're going to finish up our, our sermon series today in 1 Corinthians and in this passage, uh, Paul writes a letter to the church at Corinth. That's what, that's what he is doing. Now, the reason he is doing that is to help them become people, uh, Christians of flesh, like Christians who actually live out their faith in the world in which they are in right now. Now, what he's going to do in signing off in this letter today, he's going to write a little, little closing statement. And it's one of those that if you just look at it, you can think it's kind of trite or cliche and miss out on all that he's doing in encapsulating this whole wonderful book of the Bible in these few verses. And so we're going to unpack the very end of 1 Corinthians today in two small verses. Verses uh, chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. So he says in these verses, he says, Be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything in love. And so we're going to look at these verses today and unpack them. So he starts out first, he says, be alert. He starts, out as, he starts us out in a defensive position to make sure, Paul says, you be alert. You stand guard. You are the guard of your own soul, of your own salvation, of the way that Christ moves. You stand alert in that and understand that attacks are coming. So here a while back, I was with Mel at HEB, and uh, that's how I show I love her, is I go to the grocery store with her. And so, so my job is to push the cart, and sometimes she's just like, stand here and wait for me. You know, sometimes she sends me on an errand to go get something. And we were in that first front part where the produce is, where it's super crowded, right? And there's this guy there, and he's pushing his cart with, with his wife, I assume, and he does it, and every time he stops, he goes like this. He's wearing glasses, sunglasses inside. Just, I was like, man, you're like the secret service, yeah, you know? And so, and he does. And then he would push his card a little bit more and he'd stop and he'd just do that. Just look around. And I'm looking at his wife. I'm like, maybe she's famous. I don't know who this is, you know? Like, like what's going on? And so finally, I was like, I got to know. But you know that this is going to go either really good or really bad. So, right? So, so I'm, I'm going to try it. So I walk up to him and I was like, dude, thank you so much for protecting the bananas. Uh, the Apple people have been really making threats, and I appreciate that. And he started laughing. He thought it was funny. And so I said, I got to ask. I was like, what are you doing? And he said, I'm sorry. He said, it's happening. He said, I, I was in the military for a long time. And he said, now I do corporate security. And so I was like, well, I'm going to hang out with you because H-E-B is super dangerous, right? You, you know, so he was, he was always on the lookout. Ever. Now, chances are none of us will ever be involved in some kind of active shooter situation. But this guy, chances are as well, he won't either. But if he is, he will be ready. I mean, he's on the, me, I'll be off in Neverland. I won't know what's happening, but he'll be ready. Now, he's ready for something that's actually improbable. 
It's probably never going to happen to him in his lifetime, some kind of attack. But the Bible says be alert, not because it's improbable, not even because it's probable, it's imminent. You are going to be attacked as a believer in Jesus Christ. So when the Bible says be alert, keep your head up and looking around because it's coming. You're going to be attacked. Someone is there some circumstances or someone is going to come against you and you need to be ready to watch. Now, the problem with doing that is that we don't know where the attack is coming from or we don't think we know where the attack is coming from because if you did, then you would be ready. Let me give you a great illustration. Up until 1943 in World War II, this man was undefeated. This is Erwin Rommel. Uh, he's a general in the German army known as the Desert Fox. He was very, very good, especially in uh, large artillery tanks and uh, infantry tactics. But in 1943, he came up against this man for the first time. This is George S. Patton. And Patton defeated him. Now, why did Patton win? If you've ever watched the movie, Patton, it's a great movie on leadership. Do not watch it with your kids. Uh, it is, it is uh, uh, yeah, in fact, there's a great quote in the movie, but I can't show you the clip because he cusses all the way through. And so, so but, but this, is what, this is why Patton won. Uh, they fought in the Battle of Tunisia in 1943. And in Tunisia, think about the, the warfare in that day. You're talking over a million, or, or excuse me, half a million men fighting. Each side has uh, thousands of artillery and tank pieces. But this is a day before information is readily available. You don't have drones. You don't have satellites. And you have tens of thousands of square miles of desert. Well, where's the, the attack coming from? How can you go on the offensive? What can you do? You have to guess, but not Patton. In this famous scene in the movie, when, he, when he's watching over a, over a ravine and he's seeing it and he's, he knows he's won the battle because Rommel begins to retreat, he says, ah, Rommel, I've got you. And then he says, I knew it. He said, I read your book. He knew what Rommel was going to do because when Rommel fought in World War I, afterwards he wrote a book about infantry and tank tactics. Patton read the book, and so instead of guessing, he just knew Rommel told him in the book, this is how you do it. He knew exactly where he would be, exactly what he would do. If we knew where our enemy was going to attack us, if we knew the ways he would come at us, then we would be much more likely to be alert. We do. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 or 16 says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. These are the ways that the enemy attacks us. There is nothing new in his strategy, but it is effective because we're not alert. And it is effective because we don't look at verses like this and understand this is actually how we're going to be attacked. Now, you and I, every single one of us is going to find ourselves, these are our vulnerable spots. Not all three of them, but at least one. The lust of the eyes. Man, looking at things of the world and wanting them for ourselves. The lust of the flesh. Deciding, you know what? I'm going to, in fleshly ways, give in to my worldly or carnal desires. The pride of one's possessions. This idea of that who I am and how good I am is held up in my stature, in my position, in my bank account, in the things that I have. These are the ways that the enemy attacks us. And the Bible says, be alert. We have it in the book. We know where he's coming. 
And you and I know when we look at this, this is where I have been tempted or have fallen in the past and I can be alert and be prepared in this way. I can fight off of the enemy because I know where this is coming. I know where he's gonna attack me. Be alert. That's on the defensive. Now, the offensive side, as he says in this verse, he says, stand strong, stand firm in the faith. We don't need to just sit there and wait for attack and take it. We need to go on the offensive, and that's what standing firm in the faith means, that we literally are willing to fight and die for some things in our faith. The problem is in America today, we don't understand how to prioritize and do this correctly. We tend to fight and we tend to uh, uh, succumb to things that are of lesser importance. So let me give you a way to really understand what's truly important. So first tier, second tier, and third tier importance. First tier importance in the gospel, in the, in the church, are things that are, are statements and beliefs that we are willing to die over. That we believe that no one except the body of Christ believes these and only the people that believe these are in the body of Christ. So things like Jesus is the only way. We believe that. We stand firm on the fact that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Things like that salvation in Jesus is by grace through faith alone. We don't work for our salvation. It is a gift that he gives us. Things like the scripture is the word of God. We believe that the Bible is the word of God and we stand on that word. And he is the God of the universe. These are, these are first tier issues. And if you don't believe in these issues, then, then we uh, question your salvation and we say we are willing to fight and die for these as a church and a people of God. Second tier issues are issues that are important enough that they will often uh, separate us in fellowship, but we wouldn't look at someone who, who doesn't believe in these and uh, say that they're out of the family of God. The easiest one for us is baptism. We believe in baptism after salvation, immersed in the water uh, as a sign of your salvation. Other churches will oftentimes uh, baptize or sprinkle infants, and we don't believe in that. Now, we don't say that those people are, are not saved because of that, but that's an important issue for us. And so we say, okay, you do that over there. We'll do this over here. Uh, we'll, we'll preach it our way. You preach it your way. And that's okay. That's okay. We're, we're definitely not going to denigrate that because they're not first-tier issues, but they are important. Where we get in trouble is third-tier issues. Third-tier issues in the church would be like how you believe about the end times. Listen, God is going to come back and restore the kingdom on earth. And there are really differing views of how that's all going to work out. And that's okay. You can even have that in the same church. And as long as you don't make that third tier issue the big issue, you're fine. But let me tell you where we get in trouble as Americans on third tier issues is we look at people and we say, who'd you vote for? Because if you voted different than me, then we're going to totally be apart. In fact, I'm going to make the third tier issue the first tier issue, and I'm not going to fellowship. I'm not going to have, have meals or, or, or uh, expressions of worship with people who voted different than, than me, even though we're worshiping Jesus. It's really important, more important to me whether you're a Democrat or Republican. It splits churches. It absolutely decimates churches. And let me tell you what, we did a fantastic job during, river, uh, during COVID and in the years since not letting third-tier issues separate us. We, I mean, 
2020 elections was extremely contentious, and we went right on because we were not worshiping either candidate. We, take, we talked about the name of Jesus. And he was above everything. And there were people who voted differently. And the issues were contentious. But when we walked into this room, we had the unifying standing firm in our faith. Think about it. I, knew, I, knew, I have friends that their churches were decimated by masks and vaccines. Decimated by it. I mean, I'm talking half of the people because of stances. of, uh, And that just wasn't our, that just wasn't an issue for us. And we had people all over in what they believed and what they did. And that's fine. Because we had a first-year issue. Here's the one I'm most proud of for River Valley. You think about the last three years. You think about two divisive issues. I'm not talking about wrong or right. I'm just talking about that it divided people. And that was BLM, Black Lives Matter, and down on the border, um, immigration. They, they really separated people across those lines. But here's what happened at River Valley. Think about this. While the world is separating over these issues, River Valley, we started reading Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. And we said, we believe that at the throne of God, at the end of days, every tongue, every tribe, every people, every nation, every language is going to be there. So we want River Valley to look like heaven. We want that now. And so while the, the rest of the world is, there you go, keep it up. <laughs> while the rest of the world is se separating over black and white or brown and white or whatever it is, we were the ones saying, you are a son of God, you are a daughter of God, you are a brother of mine, you are a sister of mine. All of us come together under the banner of Jesus Christ, and we went the opposite way. We talk, started talking about being intentionally multi-ethnic, and God did an amazing work in our midst. We stand under the gospel of Jesus Christ, and instead of being separated by how we look different or think different, we were unified under how we were saved the same. We stand firm in our faith. We cannot let issues that are of way less importance become the issue. Our issue is Jesus Christ. Our issue is standing firm in the faith. We've got to be careful that we keep that as the main thing in the days moving forward. So we're going to be alert, we're going to stand firm, we're going to watch guard, or be on guard, that's defensive, but we're also going to stand firm, and we're going to say, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, we want them into the banner of Jesus Christ moving forward, coming together. Now, secondly, the Bible, he says, I want you to be strong and be, a, or excuse me, be of courage and be strong. Now, in this section, I want you to understand the order is really important, the order is really important. We want to be strong, and the Bible says the way to be strong is to first be of courage. Let's be honest. We're men. Or, some of us. All right, so I guess I, that didn't work well. Oh, you're like, I'm sort of a woman. Uh, yeah. All right. Thank goodness this is the one that broadcasts live. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's funny. Sometimes it works to have notes, doesn't it? Uh, so we're all people. All right. But, uh, but men, I think, we, we struggle with it. I, I think we want to look strong even when we're not. I mean, I mean, listen, all, I mean, you've seen it happen. Like, you know, I go to the gym. I love kind of gym culture. It's sort of funny to me because you walk into, as a man, a man walks into the gym like this. But when you get inside, it's like this. 
you're right there. You're, you know, you're like, my lats are so big, I couldn't put my arms down to my side. They're here. And then really you're going, I don't think that's true because I see space, right? Like, you know, you're, like, you're like, I don't think, you know, like that, that's, we, we, and we all do that. We all pose as strong. We all, you know, we all want to be perceived as strong. Well, the Bible says we need to actually be strong, but here's the deal. The only way to do that is to be courageous, to do something difficult first so that that produces strength in your life so that we don't act strong, we are strong. Let me give you a great example uh, from recent days at River Valley. You might not know this about our church, but we love church planting. We are a church plant. We started out just as a group of people, and God is continuing to bless us, and we're growing and doing really well. And so we have helped, in River Valley's history, 13 other churches get planted. And uh, one church, Hope Church in uh, North, uh, North Atlanta area, great story. So here's a pastor, and he was executive pastor at a large church. So he was doing, his name is Chris Renfro. He's doing fantastic financially. The church is going well. He's speaking to hundreds of people every week. And then God calls him to plant a church in North Atlanta. So he, he, he goes there and plants a church. And this is right in the middle of COVID. And so it's hard gathering people. He loses a couple of places that he was going to get to meet because they were in schools. I mean, they were, they were, you know, like it was hard in the beginning for him. There were times where he would, people were like, well, I don't know about your church. Where do you mean? He's like, we don't know either. Yeah, you know, I mean, he didn't have a place because schools weren't letting him move in. It was hard. They finally did find a place, but it wasn't optimal. But they kept on, kept on, kept on. He called me a few months ago and he says, you're not going to believe what just happened to us. So for context, think about our, our facility right here, the, the, old, the old side over here. We have 22 acres. Uh, we have the, the, the building that we bought over here, uh, about 14,000 square feet, and, uh, and you know, children's spaces, worship, all of that. And it's pretty prominent location, so it's really good. He said, we found that in North Atlanta. He said, I met this pastor. He says, it's on this major thoroughfare, bunch of land, big worship center, children's space. He said, but they were about to go under, and they just the other day handed over their building to us. It was worth $6 million. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Now, they are strong now. They are financially and physically strong because now they can say, where do you meet? And they're like, we have an actual address. We have an actual place to meet, you know. And, but why? It's because Chris Rimfro stepped out and was courageous when he put it all on the line. Long before he knew that they were going to get a free $6 million building, he stepped out on faith. Let me show you how you can step out on faith and courage. Let me give you a couple examples. Number one, admit problems. Admit problems. Quit acting strong where you are weak. It's okay. It's okay. In fact, being weak and admitting it is a, is a courageous sign towards strength. Admit your problems. Number two, Ask for help. Sometimes you need to look at people and say, I don't, I've, I've tried to break out of this, or can you pray for me? Can, what, can, what can I do? Number three, view people for what they can teach you. Most of the time, we tend to have one filter that we view everyone from, and it's what we're, we think we're best at or what we like best about ourselves. So how do I view people? Maybe if you're, maybe if you're doing well financially, you view other people through a lens of, 
of finances. And they don't have as much money as me. So therefore, I, I, can, I can feel strong in this area. Or maybe, you know, relationships, they're not as good as me in that. Or, or uh, prestige, or maybe they don't have as much as me. Or whatever it is, we view them through one way. And because of that, we dismiss a lot of people. And we think we're better than that. Many, I know people who are very good intellectually. They have an education or they're very intelligent. And they view everyone else through that, and they dismiss a lot of people because they think they're better than them. If you'll start looking at people, and you might be smarter, you might have more money, you might have more things, you might, whatever it is, but I guarantee you, if you'll start looking at people, what can they teach me? What can I learn from them? Because they're stronger than you in some areas. Maybe they just are more resilient than you. They've been through a lot worse time than you, and they keep on ticking, and you can learn some resilience from them. You can learn some relationship things from them. Learn from other people. The fourth way I would say to be courageous is to sign up or experience new experiences. Do different things, in other words. The way that you've acted up to this point has brought you to this level, and that's not bad. But if you'll do new things, you'll have some new experiences that will really grow you. This is what we say at River Valley with the connections. We love, we grow, we give, we go. And my guess is, is that you all agree with those, with the connections. We love, we grow, we give, we go. Put that up there, please. But here's the deal. What you don't do is you don't experience all of them. You say, well, we is our worship time together. And you say, you know what? I worship sometimes. You don't experience it on a regular basis. And you, you know, and, and oftentimes what can, that can lead you to do is be like, you know what, I just, I just don't, it's just not working for me. Well, it might be that you're, you're pretty in and out in your worship experience. You're like, well, you know what, I went to one worship service and, and you know, it just kind of wore off. Well, so does bathing. That's why we recommend it every single day. I, I mean, you know, like that's important. Like, you, you get filled up in this place, but then you have six and a half days that, that the world beats you up. Let's get filled up again. Make that a regular part of you. Love our community groups, being a part of a group in friendship. Some of you say, you know what, I tried that, it didn't work. You know what that's like saying? That's like saying, you know what? I went to a group one time and I did not develop lifelong personal friendships. I mean, you know, we were there for an hour. I mean, you know, does it happen or not? Come on. Like, it doesn't work that way. You've got to really invest. And sometimes you've got to go to a group and go, that's not my people. You know, like the, you know, I have teeth. They have no teeth. It's just different. All right. So, so I'm going to try a new group. All right. So <laughs> that was not in my notes. I shouldn't have said that. Uh, so. We don't have any non-teeth groups, okay? All right, so, but. So think about grow, man, your own personal relationship with Christ through your Bible and your prayer time. That's important. Man, I know, I mean, it's hard to get up early to, to read your Bible. It's, it's not always easy. It's hard to learn how to, how to pray and be a person of, of, of deep, true, meaningful prayer, but it's worth it. But give. Man, some of you, you know, like, I can't give. I, I can't. And you think you hear the word give and you think we're trying to get something from you. And you're like, we can't afford to give. That's who needs to give the most. To learn how to connect with Jesus and to learn how Jesus blesses us when we put him first. Service. And Jason gave you two ways that we, we need serve, uh, help in serving in, 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 in River Valley through ushers. And, and if you want to be a part of a group in leading a group or hosting a group in your home, we'd love to talk to you to be a part of that. Now, here's where I'm going to really challenge you. 
Because you see those, and maybe you're not doing good one or two. So you, you can kind of think to yourself, well, I'm going to be crazy. So I'm going to kind of stick my toe in the water a little bit. And, you know, like, I'm going to try to come a little bit more regularly. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little money and see, see how it works. Or, you know, one or two of these things, you're going to just stick your toe in the water. Be courageous. Walk down to the deep end and jump in. All of them. Do all of them simultaneous. Worship regular. Be a part of a group. Read your Bible and pray every day. Give a tithes and offerings to your local church. Serve. You will connect with Jesus and you will grow so fast, man, people will think you're on steroids. I mean, you will grow mightily fast. Instead of just kind of tipping your toe in, jump in. Jump in and really and truly see God work in your life. Most of us choose to kind of eh, jump in. I'm telling you, it's amazing. For those of us who have been in Christianity for a long period of time, who have done these things, it's, it's so, all of them in such different ways is so rewarding and wonderful. Jump in. He says, be courageous so that you can be strong in your faith. Have a, have a faith that really and truly goes the distance and you can be strong. Finally, he says, do everything in love. Do everything in love. Love has got to undergird everything that we do. So a couple ways I would say this. First of all, is you need to say it. You need to say it. You need to look at people you love and say it. Some of us didn't grow, maybe you didn't grow up in a family that says it. And I mean, I'm not just talking like, love you, bye, on the phone. That's fine. But I'm talking about like face-to-face, looking in the eyes. I love you. And getting used to that, even with your, in your family. I try to do that a lot in, in River Valley. I try to tell people, I love you guys. I want to tell you right now, I love River Valley. I love you guys. I love what God is doing here. I love it. I, lo- I, love, I love all of it. I love the, the, the mess of it. Like in the first service, I told them, I was like, I love that I could set my clock by you guys. I love in the first service, especially, I'm like, oh, about 15 minutes still, there's Mary. She walks in, you know, oh, about 10 minutes still, there's this family. I'll be sitting down front a long time and I'll be like, oh, I'm about to get up to preach. There's this family. They were late. They're late always, right? <laughs> Every single week, you know. That's why we put the offering at the end, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love it. I love family. I love being here with you guys. I love it. It's so much fun. It's so enjoyable. You need to tell people you love them. Man, in all of their ways, in all, you need to tell people. But the Bible says specifically, do things in love. Love is also a verb. Love is also action-oriented in nature. You need to tell people you love them, but if you don't do things for them, it, it, it comes, it's, it's shallow. It's, it's, it's not depth-filled. And everyone receives and honors love differently, but man, to really and truly invest and spend time, the best of your time goes to those who you love the most. The best of your energy, the best of your money goes to those that you love the most. You invest in that way. Do things in love. Jason, uh, our student pastor, preached on 1 Corinthians 13 the other day. Love is patient. Love is kind. We, we sometimes, we use it so often in weddings that we forget the practicality of it. It's not just for wedding days. It's for raising children. It's for having relationships with your friends. It's for every aspect of your life. Do everything in love. Be, be patient and kind. Don't be self-serving in your love. 
don't do things or say things to people. I love you so that you, you can get something back from them. Do something for them. Here's the greatest example in John. The Bible says in John, no one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. Jesus is the example. Jesus loved us so much that he laid down his life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life for River Valley. Jesus laid down his life for the church global. Jesus laid down his life for you as a family. Jesus laid down his life for you as an individual. Jesus loves you. And he loves you so much, he gave his life. He literally and willingly went to the cross to lay down his life for you and I. No greater love is there than that. And we show that love in our sacrificial life, in our sacrificial living. And so this is how we're going to end this morning. We're going to begin a time of prayer. We're not going to have a closing song today. We're just going to have uh, some prayer. But I want us to read through this verse in some unique ways. First of all, we're going to read it for, for exactly what it says. That no, <clears throat> excuse me, no one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. Jesus looks at us and he calls us friends. We are the friends of God. But no one has greater love than this, that he lays down his life for his church. Jesus died for River Valley. Jesus died for the people who are of faith in this room. But no one has greater love than this, that he would lay down his life for Cody or your name. Jesus loves you as an individual so much that he laid down his life. And so we're gonna begin our time of prayer this morning by repeating this verse three different ways. The first time we're gonna read it, say for his friends. The second time we're gonna read it and we're gonna say for River Valley. And the third time we're gonna read it, we're gonna say for and you're gonna say out your name. It is powerful. It is powerful when you hear Jesus saying, I died for you and you hear your own name. So we're gonna read that out loud together. Read it with me the first time, just as it's written. Here we go. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. Now, River Valley. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for River Valley. Now, your name. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for Cody. Jesus, let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for your love. God, you don't tell us to do everything in love, but not show us the greatest expression and example. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you for what you are doing in showing your love for us. Right now, as we begin to pray, if you've never experienced the love of God in your life, Jesus loves you so much, he, he showed it. He died for you. He died for your sins. He died when you were unworthy. He brought his worth to the cross. It's an atone, it's a substitute for you. You didn't have anything to offer, but he had everything and he offered it for you in the cross. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ as Lord today, ask Christ to be the Lord of your life. Thank him right now. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. God, thank you that you loved me when I was unworthy. 
pray today and ask Christ to come into your life. Believe that Jesus was buried, was crucified and buried and resurrected. Call on his name and you'll be saved. Today we need to be alert. Think back through in your mind for just a moment. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Which one of those, in what way were, did the Holy Spirit speak to you? That that's, that's your vulnerable spot. That's, that's how through circumstances in life and choices that you've made, that's, that's where you're going to be vulnerable. Pray over that. Ask God to cover that. Say, God, help me to be alert. To know where that next attack is coming from. That I may defeat the enemy. <clears throat> Secondly, stand firm in your faith. Are you guilty of, of separating out the church of God from people who maybe because their, their skin is different from you or their, their uh, you know, place of origin is different or they speak differently, they don't have as much money, they, they're a different political party? And ask God, help us to, remember this is to the church, help us God to stand firm in our faith as a body of Christ. We can get along because we all agree on what's important. Jesus is the only way. We are saved by grace through faith. The scriptures are the word of God. Now I want you to picture in your mind standing firm in the faith. The Bible says that we are to buckle a belt of truth around your waist. See yourself putting on truth as a belt and ask God, don't let me believe lies, only what is true. Ask God for the breastplate of righteousness and see yourself putting it on as if you had never sinned the righteousness of Christ. Jesus, help me to act and behave according to you. Watch yourself put on the helmet of salvation that protects your mind and your thoughts from the enemy. Jesus, thank you that you have saved me and set me free, that I am heaven bound. I'm a son or daughter of Jesus Christ. Thank you for salvation today. Some of you are putting on that helmet for the first time. Thank you, Jesus. Slip on the shoes that are the gospel readiness. You, you have feet that are ready to bring Jesus' name to the ends of the earth. Hold in your non-dominant hand the shield of faith that extinguishes the flaming arrows from the enemy. See as Satan attacks you. See as the world tries to beat you down. See as circumstances come against you. See that shield blocking all attempts. You are safe under faith. Hold the sword of the word of God, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. See that in your dominant hand as you are moving forward with the Bible as your guide. Pray on all occasions, he says. Now ask God to help you be courageous. What are some ways you need to ask for help or admit problems? What are some ways that you need to start looking at people as, as resources of growth and knowledge versus trying to size them up who's better? 
What are the ways that you need to jump into the deep end with your faith? We love, we grow, we give, we go. How is your worship attendance? Is it good as long as nothing else happens? How is your group? Do you have a a group of Christian brothers and sisters that will go the distance with you? How's your Bible study? How's your prayer life? Is it a priority of your day or do you squeeze it in? How's your giving? The Bible says if we can be faithful with little, we can have more and be faithful with much. Have you been faithful in your tithes and offerings? How's your service? I want you to pray in this part. I want you to pray for those people who went to camp with our students. Think about the adults. Think about their service. It is, it's easy to love teenagers as you're driving out of the parking lot. It's a little bit harder when they tell you it is a 14-hour bus trip. <laughs> it's a lot harder at the end of the week when you've been with them for five days and it's a 14-hour bus trip back. But these adults who went with, with our students, you know what? They showed the love of Christ the whole way. The last mile with just as big of a smile and, and with as tired as they were. Ask God to bless them. That's a lot of time and a lot of energy that they gave. Father, we do everything in love in the name of Jesus. We praise you. Amen. If you need any resources, I always want to encourage you as soon as you walk out of this room to stop by the Connections Corner. There's all kinds of ways that you can sign up. If you're like, I need to find out about the Connections and how to get connected, that's where they help you with that. Guys, I love you, River Valley. You are awesome. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.